today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. A very interesting part of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and what is going on pertaining to some of our listening audience is uh, Dr. Amenika Pei, Amenika Pai rather, she's the head of benign hematology at Hamilton Health Sciences to talk about blood thinners as it pertains to COVID-19. Dr. Pai, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, belatedly, Merry Christmas and an early Happy New Year. Thanks, Ted. It's great to be speaking to you. Happy holidays to you and your listeners as well. So now let's uh, talk about, uh, first of all, about blood thinners, because it seems when people go to get uh, any type of surgery or they get blood work or anything like that, they always ask, are you on blood thinners? Now, that can be a good thing, but uh, can being on blood thinners kind of pose uh, some other, not necessarily risks, but other potential problems? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, blood thinners are an extremely important treatment. Over a million Canadians are are on them, Ted, so they're very helpful. But uh, like any medication, there are trade-offs. So blood thinners can certainly increase a person's risk of bleeding or bruising. Uh, That's a serious problem if somebody is going in for surgery. But when we're talking about things like vaccinations or putting a needle into your muscle, uh, there can be concerns about serious bruising uh, for for that reason as well. So now let's uh, talk about uh, things like uh, thrombosis and uh, Mm -hmm. things that... uh, you know, sound really, really serious, and they are, obviously, but uh, that uh, blood thinners generally help things like uh, thrombosis, but thrombosis can be, uh, if undetected, it can uh, lead to quite uh, severe problems, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm a member of an organization called Thrombosis Canada. Our, our whole focus is on raising awareness about uh, thrombosis, whether that's blood clots in your legs or, or your lungs, uh, whether that's a heart attack or stroke. Uh, sometimes these events are silent. Uh, sometimes they're very symptomatic, but they can have really important consequences for Canadians. So now uh, let's talk about this uh, as it pertains to COVID-19. We all know that the vaccine is here. Uh, people at some point will be getting them. Uh, hopefully people will, uh, more people than not, will get the vaccine if it's offered to them. But of course, we're talking about uh, high-risk groups, people that uh, maybe should get the shot quicker than others. Uh, talk about the correlation between receiving a vaccine for COVID-19 and what could happen if somebody is on an anticoagulant? Well, it, it's a great question, Ted. You know, we, we feel that individuals who are on blood thinners, as you said, they can be at higher risk for developing complications from, from coronavirus, from getting very ill, from dying. And that's because a lot of folks on anticoagulant therapy tend to be older. You know, they tend to have other uh, health conditions. Uh, but a couple of weeks ago, we started hearing some rumors and, and some misinformation swirling around uh, that maybe if you're on blood thinners, it might not be safe for you to get the vaccine. Now, uh, you know, my, my colleagues and I absolutely disagree with that. We feel that uh, blood thinners don't pose a problem to getting safely vaccinated. And, and that's really the message that we wanted to spread. We think people on blood thinners can certainly benefit from the COVID-19 vaccine. So we want to uh, really show some leadership here and remove any barriers 
uh, to to increase people's confidence that they can get that vaccine safely when it's offered to them. Doctor, how how difficult is it going to be as as you talk about uh, the misinformation that gets out there? And we don't know if social media is a cause of this, but 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 pushing the pee up the hill, so to speak, when it comes to dispensing information and educating people about the safety of the COVID nineteen vaccine, which in many ways is like getting a flu shot, and that's a whole other issue. Uh, how tough is it going to be for you and the medical community generally to convince people that this is the best and safest way to go? Well, certainly, uh, members of Thrombosis Canada, I'll, I'll say up front, we're not COVID-19 experts. You know, we're, we're experts in, in blood thinners right. and, and bleeding disorders and clotting. So we, we often don't think a lot about vaccines. We have a lot of respect for our colleagues in public health who are really leading this charge. But just in the last couple of weeks, when we realized there were rumors spreading about our own patient population, it really hit us that uh, because we're constantly learning more about this virus and about the vaccine, there's such a potential for misinformation to flourish. So we're uh, now learning that uh, we need to get on top of these rumors. We need to counteract um, not, not just some of the outright falsehoods but also some of the very real and reasonable fears that people have. So I'll say that that our experience in in this is that um, misinformation pops up everywhere. So that's an opportunity for us to bring expertise and experience to the table and to support the good work that our public health colleagues have been doing. Dr. Lanau, let's talk about uh, some of the... um uh, not necessarily risks, but some of the potential side effects or things like that when people who uh, are, are, are under the care of professionals who, who have thrombosis, uh, what are some of the, uh, the things that they can uh, prepare themselves for when they get the shot? For example, bruising. People wonder when they get a flu shot, oh, I bruise easily and I don't like that or I don't like the sore arm. Uh, from that standpoint, what advice can you offer people? Well, we actually uh, feel that there are some simple steps people can take to get on top of this side effect. So if any of your listeners are on blood centers right now or, or if they have bleeding disorders, they know that they are at a slightly increased risk of having bleeding or bruising. And because the COVID-19 vaccine is administered as an injection into your deltoid muscle, that's the muscle on your upper arm, there is a small risk of bruising at the vaccine injection site. Uh, But thankfully, uh, we don't believe that anyone could expect to experience serious bruising, even if they're they're on a blood thinner. Ted, we know that that is not a a, a reported side effect after millions of doses of this vaccine rolling out. And the great news is that there there are some really simple steps. So after the vaccine injection is given, if uh, patients or healthcare professional giving the shot just applies some pressure for three to five minutes at that injection site. It goes a long way to reduce some bruising. And then after the shot, they can go back to using their arm normally. Maybe not any heavy lifting, but they can go back to using their arm normally, uh, letting their body heal that injection site itself. And they uh, really should not expect any serious bruising consequences if they follow those those simple steps post-injection. 
You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Dr. Medica Pai joins us, the head of service at Benign Hematology at Hamilton Health Sciences, also involved in the uh, thromboembolisms at McMaster University. Doctor, I would probably be remiss if I didn't go back a little bit and actually ask what some of the early signs uh, of thrombosis would be. And you kind of talked about blood clots. And I know that, um, is it too simplistic to say that if somebody notices that there is a lot of swelling in their leg uh, behind the knee. I'm not saying a baker cyst like us runners get, but, you know, something a little more serious than that. Uh, kind of take uh, take us through what some of the early symptoms would be uh, to hopefully prevent people from having this problem. Sure. I, I, I love talking about those symptoms because actually, you, you know, your take on it isn't in the simplistic study. The signs and symptoms of blood clots, uh, they, they are unusual. People who experience them will, will often notice that something is quite wrong. So you referenced a deep vein thrombosis. Um, this is a swelling, a redness, tightness, often in, in the legs. It can, it can occur in other limbs too, but often occurs in the legs. Um, people can experience pulmonary emboli. These are blood clots in the lungs. They can uh, cause sharp chest pain, pain when you take a deep breath in, even, even chest pressure sometimes. Uh, blood clots also include entities like heart attacks and strokes. So, you know, we talk about chest or arm pain and pressure, shortness of breath, uh, numbness or weakness in part of your body or difficulty speaking. Uh, again, you know, the, these symptoms are not things that people would experience on a daily basis. Uh, and certainly, we want to educate people about these symptoms because if they're experiencing them, it's essential that they seek emergency medical care, even in the midst of a pandemic, when we might be worried about leaving our home. It is so essential to seek care urgently. It is absolutely safe to go to the hospital if you're experiencing those symptoms, which could potentially be life-threatening. When you say emergency, I my our radar goes up, doctor, because it sounds like this is, as you mentioned, something that people shouldn't fool around with. Would something like that come up instantaneously or a little bit at a time and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger? You know, we see uh, both sides of that coin. Sometimes these symptoms come on like a bolt from the blue. Uh, other times, specifically these venous clots, you know, the ones in the leg, the ones in the lung, uh, they can build up over time. I think it's really important for people to have their radar up and you know, not not to minimize those symptoms, to take them very, very seriously. Uh, you now, these symptoms don't always mean that somebody has a blood clot, uh, but they can also suggest other serious things. So bottom line, if you're feeling them suddenly, if you're feeling them gradually, uh, get get care from healthcare professionals as soon as you can. Is uh, I've, I've also heard uh, that when there is swelling, for example, in the legs or the calf, if it's uh, hot to the touch or warm to the touch, that could also be a signal. Is Is that the case as well? Yeah, we often see that. So when people have deep vein thromboses in their legs, you know, I, I often use the analogy with my patients. It's like having a, a traffic backup on the QEW. So all that blood is trying to return to the clot, uh, trying to return to the heart rather, and there's a clot in the way and the blood starts to back up. So you're going to see swelling, you're going to see redness, you're going to see all of that warm blood filling the leg. So definitely a leg that is warm to the touch is an important sign of, of a, a couple of different things, but certainly a deep vein thrombosis is one of the things that we worry about. 
Would something like that um, in without getting graphic kind of shatter? I understand what you're talking about, about, you know, possible heart attack or stroke. But would something like that, in essence, blow up or is the damage being caused because of the blockage? Well, you know, the damage can definitely occur because of the blockage. Any Anyone who's had a deep vein thrombosis will tell you that until that blockage is treated with blood thinners, uh, th- those symptoms aren't getting better. Uh, the tissue can get damaged. The leg can be really painful. And we know that uh, blood clots have a way of growing until they get treated. Uh, so uh, honestly, the longer you leave these symptoms, the worse they get. And that doesn't just apply to clots in the legs. It really applies to blood clots anywhere in the body. Uh, the, the faster you can get on top of these things, the better the outcome is for the individual. And we do want to, before we wrap up, doctor, once again, uh, and you touch on a very important point, because I know that there are people who are a little skittish about going to the hospital because of COVID, I understand. But, uh, you know, in many ways, I'm not being flippant here. Uh, the hospital, you would suspect, is one of the safest places to go if you have a medical problem during COVID-19. Absolutely. As I said, I'm a member of Thrombosis Canada. Our, our business is blood clots, and we've kept our focus on that throughout the pandemic. The work of our healthcare system never stops, and COVID-19 is a huge concern, a huge focus, but we are not forgetting about all the other conditions that need medical care. Uh, certainly in Hamilton, our hospitals are open. We're ready to help. We're ready to take care of you, and you can expect that you're going to get safe care when you come into these scenes. Uh, Dr. Manika Pai uh, from uh, Hamilton Health Sciences and also uh, doing some work at McMaster University. Thank you for an update on uh, something that uh, people perhaps may not realize the severity of, and that is uh, deep vein thrombosis and how it pertains to COVID-19. And and I would suggest, doctor, not that I'm speaking for you, but it sounds to me like you and the medical profession are saying if you have a chance to get a COVID-19 vaccine to get it, right? Absolutely. It's safe to do so. It's an important part of this public health effort uh, to beat this pandemic. So please go ahead, be safe. And we're here at Thrombosis Canada to support you if you have any questions or worries. Doctor, thank you very much. Have yourself a a happy new year and uh, hope to talk to you at some point in 2021 when things are a little happier to talk about. Absolutely, Ted. I hope that you and your listeners stay safe through this holiday season. and, And here's to a brighter 2021. I will second that. Thank you very much for joining us, doctor. Well, there you have it. Some information about uh, something that perhaps uh, people uh, maybe take lightly and uh, shouldn't. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.